Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Today we're talking about something a little controversial in the nutrition field, and that is direct sales. So today I've invited Mandy Enright onto the podcast today because she is a dietitian and fitness instructor who's really passionate about this subject. She has plenty of experience giving talks about this topic and discussing the pros and cons of multi-level marketing, the ethic considerations, uh, how to know whether it might be something that is a fit for you in your career. So we're gonna dive into that in today's episode. And of course, in all fairness, I am completely open if you're listening to this and you have the polar opposite viewpoint of uh, what we're talking about today, definitely shoot me an email. You can find my contact information under the contact me tab on my website at theunconventionalrd.com. And you know, if you'd love to come on and be the opposing viewpoint in a future episode, I am all for it. I am here to discuss all sides of all issues. So I'm excited to dive into this today. And without further ado, let's get to know Mandy. Hey, Mandy, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Erica. I'm super stoked to be here. So today we are talking about a topic that I am excited to hear more about. It's direct sales for dietitians. And personally, I don't have a ton of experience in this realm, um, and I know you do, so I'm excited to get your opinion and feedback and advice on this topic and how it applies to dietitians. So thank you again for being here. You're welcome. Um, So to start out, can you just explain off the bat, like what is direct sales? So direct sales is, it's just a retail channel. So rather than going to Target or Walmart or wherever it is that you go to buy items, you're going to a person. And the goal is really about getting a product into a consumer's hand. So rather than when you go to a store, things have to be marketed, things have to be, um, you know, done in a certain way. All the investment that the company is making in their product is all going to the reps for them to sell it directly on their behalf. So rather than paying high advertising fees, um, store employees, everything that's involved with having um, a retail-based business, you're taking a lot of that equation out. So it's all about, um, and then on your end, um, as as the individual, as the rep, like you're basically, you're an entrepreneur, you're an independent entrepreneur, but you have all these resources of a large company. So your overhead is very low. Um, most of it's a home-based model. So you don't actually have to go anywhere or have, you know, you don't have to have your own retail space set up for it and you can really earn as much as you want as a result. So it's essentially like this company that you want to be a rep for has a product that you believe in and you would like to sell to people and you sign up as a rep and then you make the sales directly to whoever's in your personal sphere or your audience and then you, is it like you earn a commission or something like that? Yep. So you're in a commission. And then the nice thing is you have all the resources of the company. So they, they do all the logistics, they handle all the fulfillment and your job is to just be a great uh, representative and work with your customers and do what you can to make your customers happy and serve them. Is it the same thing as like a quote unquote MLM? What is an MLM? Can we define <laughs> that by the way? Um, and is there a difference or is it really like the same thing? Yeah. So direct sales is kind of like the the PC term um, that that's out there. But other 
kind of terms that you may have heard. You might have heard the terms relationship marketing, one-to-one sales, uh, referral marketing, multi-level marketing. Um, more or less, they're kind of all the same. It really just depends on how the model is built out, I guess, for how um, how people earn earn commissions. But really, the the goal is is that it's it's, it's team based models where you know you have other reps coming on. But at the end of the day, and maybe we'll talk about what's the difference between like an MLM and the the scary word the pyramid scheme. Um, what the difference is, is an MLM and a pyramid scheme, because people like to use those words interchangeably. And that's actually like not a correct statement. So a pyramid scheme basically means like you're selling something, but there's actually nothing being sold. And it's just bringing people into this model where it's like the person at the top makes all the money and nobody at the bottom does. Um, that's actually, and that's very different than what a multi-level marketing is because multi-level marketing is like, yeah, you have reps and team members, but I have team members under me that have sold that can sell more and they can, you know, earn more money than me and they can promote and they do all that stuff. Um, whereas in a pyramid model, you never, you never get to the top. You never bypass anybody. You're just always, you know, at whatever level you're at. Um, but what's interesting with like the multi-level marketing or the relationship marketing model is that like, yeah, even though I have people that work underneath me, like I said, they have the opportunity to earn as much as they want. They can, they can earn more than me that like, there's nothing stopping them from doing that. Do you have some examples like brand names of direct sales companies to help flesh this out for people? I feel like they've probably heard of at least one and whether they realize it's direct sales slash MLM or not. <laughs> right. So, I mean, common ones, most of you probably are familiar with are things like Pampered Chef, um, Avon has probably shown up in someone's house and um, there cannot be one person on this call that has not had Tupperware in their house at some point. <laughs> Those are all some of the, the big brands and there's a lot more that are popping up out there. I'm thinking like, I, I don't know the names exactly, but I know there's like a bunch of essential oil ones that are really popular right now. Like, I don't know, Young is Young Living one? There's Young Living, there's doTERRA. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. So this is where things get controversial. And I think this is where a lot of the um, question and concern comes in with dietitians about it and where a lot of the misconceptions come in because of the brands we're typically exposed to based on our expertise and who's reaching out to us. And we will get into that in a second. But first, I am just curious to hear a little bit more of your backstory. And maybe you can start us off with like how you became a dietitian and how you got into direct sales as a dietitian. Sure. So sit back, grab a, grab a cup of coffee. We'll be here for a little bit. Um, so I did not start my career as a dietitian. I was an advertising executive in um, Manhattan for about 10 years. And then I got really, really uh, just burnt out on what I was doing, but I loved health and wellness and fitness. And originally I thought I was going to go to school, be a, uh, not school, but originally I thought I was going to just be a personal trainer. I was like, that looks amazing. I worked for personal trainers and I'm paying them a lot of money. So I'm sure it's, it's a great gig. And then I looked into it and I was like, wow, terrible pay, terrible hours and no benefits. Huh? Maybe we should rethink this model. I, the reason I kind of got into it was because when I was in advertising, I accidentally got into teaching kickboxing. Long story short, the gym I trained at when I lived up in um, North Jersey opened up a location closer to where I had lived when I had moved, um, moved a little closer to, to my parents. And they were looking for people and they were like, Oh, you should train. I'm like, no, I'm not executive. Like I don't teach fitness classes. That's crazy. And they're like, oh, I'll do it. You'll like get your membership for free, all that stuff. I was like, all right, what's the worst that could happen? Um, and at the gym, they were doing like, like nutrition programs, nothing like, you know, 
nothing out, definitely out of the scope. It was more just like looking at what people are eating and just giving some insights. Like now I know like, okay, maybe the not qualified people, but um, that was kind of what got my interest in, you know, the relationship of, of fitness and nutrition. So when I kind of started doing a little research, figuring out what I wanted my next move in life to be, I, like I said, I looked into the personal training route and that like didn't really seem like a good option to leave a six figure job for. So I was like, Hey, this like nutrition thing looks kind of cool. And I could do a lot of stuff with it. Um, let's do that. So I went back to school and did the whole shenanigans. And I just thought I wanted to have a private practice. That was like, I'm going to do a private practice and be my own boss. And all life is going to be amazing. And I started to do that. And, um, that was kind of how I actually got into direct sales was I was just looking for things. I was looking for options and solutions to offer my clients. And I originally wanted to do some kind of classes and I was looking to do something that involved like, um, meal, meal time, meal prepping. So I originally found a company that was focused on meal prepping. Like their whole model was like, we do meal prep workshops and they had the whole model built out. And I was like, Oh my God, like that's, that's what I want. That's what I need. And when I kind of found out it was like a direct sales company, because again, like even before that I had, people that I went to grad school with and all that, like reaching out to me to sell some brands. Like I had a couple of people were talking about like doing isogenics and I was like, like, ew, pyramid scheme, red flag, red alerts. Like absolutely not. That is disgusting. I will never do that. I will never be part of one of those businesses. So then I found my, my first company and it was food. And I was like, okay, what's wrong with this? Like, what's the catch? And I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, all the products are like, you know, made with like great quality products and they're, you know, low sodium and low carb and like things I could actually feel good about offering to my clientele. And they, again, they had like meal prep workshops and I'm like, okay, but still like, what's the catch? Like, do I want to be one of those people? And I remember I sat down with my husband and I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about joining like a, like a direct sales company. And he's like, okay, like number one, why? And, and um, we had gotten sent some samples of the, of the product. So he's like, okay, like it tastes good. Like, I could, I could be on board with this. He's like, do you see how this could fit into what you do? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Cause I want it, you know, it's food products and I could sell it to clients and I could offer workshops and all that stuff. He's like, okay, cool. My only request is don't be annoying on social media. And I said, fine, like we could, we could do that. Um, so I took a leap and I, I went for it and I was like, let's get into it. And it's funny. Cause like, once you kind of get into like that, that world and you kind of really start to see like, you know, who's all involved with it and like what they are able to do and what they're able to accomplish. It's like very motivating. It was very humbling too. When I first started, cause I like did not come in like gangbusters into it. I, I was like, I like tripped and fell on my face many a time, which has led to some learnings. Um, but uh, about a year ago, my um, person I had signed up under. So usually we call it like your upline. It was like the person that you sign up under. She was leaving our company and she's like, Hey, I'm leaving the company. I'm going to a new company. And I said, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to miss you. Like, what are you doing? She's like, well, I'm going to this act activewear company. And I was like, hold on, because, you know, now in my time, since I went back to become a dietitian, I also, I teach yoga, I teach fitness, all these, all these things. Um, and I live in activewear and I was like, okay, wait, wait, let's, let's roll it back. You're, you're going to be selling activewear. And she's like, yeah, it's like really good quality. It's very similar, like a Lululemon, Athleta. And I'm like, okay. So instead of me spending all my time posting pictures of me on Instagram, posing in all these companies clothes, hoping that maybe I can become like whatever an influencer for them, I can just join a company and sell like products and still, you know, take pictures on Instagram and all this stuff, but like actually make an income as a result. So I was like, I, I went to her house one day. I like looked at, it. she didn't have anything in my size. I didn't even care. I was like, yep, this looks cute. I can do this. So I went to, to uh, over to our company called Zaya and that was a very different experience because I came in with so much 
like experience from our, our last company and was able to like run with it. Um, and it's been awesome. So again, it's like having a lot of the learnings, but again, it's like as a dietitian, it's how do I fit this into what the work it is that I do. So again, with like the last company with food, it was like, you know, trying to incorporate that into work I did with clients. Um, uh, you know, other ways to expand my clientele by bringing new people in and doing events. And it worked very well. And I actually did wind up bringing a lot of people in as clients into my practice until I realized one very important thing, which was I absolutely despise doing private practice. So now it's actually been kind of cool because as I've transitioned as a dietitian into, you know, working more in like corporate wellness, corporate wellness realm, um, it's actually kind of cool. I can kind of have like my corporate wellness life and I keep like my Zaya life a little bit separate, which I, I found this worked, I think, better for me personally, because it just kind of gives a little bit of a separation. Um, but there's a lot of companies out there where you can integrate very well. I know a lot of dietitians that do companies like Pampered Chef and do amazing and excellent at it. I have so many questions stemming from just that description. Um, okay. So my first question is, your story is like super intriguing. And I'm like, okay, I totally see how that made sense and how you got into it. And then I'm like, but how do you do like, quote unquote, get into it? Like, what does that mean? Like you go to this person's house, like you said, and you're like checking out this stuff. And then what are you, how are you signing up? Like, do you have to do you, because I feel like I've heard before, not in the context of this company, but in other companies that like, you have to buy a certain amount to like, start out? Like, is that true? Is that for everything? Or like, how does that work? Yeah. So every company is a little bit different with like how you sign up as a rep and get started. For most part, there's either going to be some kind of like an enrollment kit, a starter kit. Um, and again, every company is going to be different with like kind of what's involved with it. Now for clothing companies, and I will say there are some horror stories out there that I have heard from people that have been involved in some of the more larger direct sales clothing company where they have had to put out thousands of dollars to do the company because they want you to buy all the inventory up front and then you basically have to sell off all this inventory. That is a horrible, horrible business model. I know people have done it. They have gone bankrupt. They have had some pretty horrible experiences. So one of the things about Zaya was they knew that that was a big complaint from other reps from other companies and they did not want that happening because they knew it would be a big barrier for bringing people on board. So they kept their enrollment crazy low um, and then like with their enrollment, like you get a couple of pieces of, you know, activewear that you get and you can kind of, you know, have to, to share and, and show to people with it and then kind of help to get you started from there. So like most times it's going to be some kind of a, like a starter kit and enrollment kit that's going to have items. Usually it's like best sellers or the best way to kind of like share your product with people and then help you get started from there. So the intention is kind of a, so that you have actual product in hand to show off or use as demos or in your marketing and then be probably like you, the person you're under, I would assume gets like a cut of your, Not from a, actually a starter kit. You it's, I don't think I've ever worked for a company where I've ever gotten a cut from somebody's starter kit. Yeah. No. Okay. Cause that's how, that was like my perception. I feel like that's one of the things where people are like, oh, it's spammy. Cause like, you're just trying to get your commissions from the people under you. And like, you make more money from getting people under you than you do selling products. Um, and again, that's, and I think that's kind of where the, like, the misconception is. Like, I know like with Zaya, like number one, if I'm not working, I don't make money. So I have to hit a certain number before I can even, you know, take a commission. And then, um, you know, I don't make that much off of the people underneath, <laughs> underneath me, but it's also too, it's like, you get put into this leadership opportunity where you, you can help people grow and succeed. And, and I don't like grow and succeed unless the people underneath me are growing and succeeding. 
Um, and it's not even from a, a financial standpoint, it's even just from, you know, ranking and growing as, as a leader within the company. And then, okay, so you're signed up, you have your kit, and then if some, how do people buy from you? So every, again, again, every company is going to be a little bit different with what their model is or approach to it. Um, usually the best way is you talk to your friends and family first. Um, most of the companies I've worked with have usually encouraged you to do some kind of like a launch event. So whether it's in person or online that you can share your product with and, um, just get the awareness out there of, of what, um, what you have, what you're doing. I, ideally it would be in person to at least kind of see the, see the items or like I said, I had a food company where people would want to try the food or it's like, you can kind of like see, see in touch. But again, like, um, you know, at Zaya, it's really more, we've like moved to such an online model, um, which has been great. So we do a lot of like Facebook events and, um, get people to just check out the website. Do you have like your own website page that's unique to you that you send people to? Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. So every rep gets their own, um, unique website. That's for them. So you have like, you need links that you, um, send out. And then like, if somebody's hosting a event, they get a link dedicated to their event so that as a host, you can then earn host rewards for, um, for organizing that event. It seems like a fancier version almost of being like an affiliate because an affiliate you're promoting someone else's product and you're, you're getting a cut of the sales, but that's it, <laughs> you know, whereas this feels like a little fancier, more expanded. Right. Like at the end of the day, if you tell somebody that you're an affiliate for company X, you can't bring them on as an affiliate underneath you and then get a percentage of whatever sales they're getting. Actually, you can now. There, there, like some affiliate programs allow you to do that. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but not, it's not common, but it's like something you could build into if you ran an affiliate program, for example. Okay. So, I mean, again, and that's kind of building off of this like relationship um, marketing model where it's, you know, the more people that you share, you tell, and then like you get the credit because you referred them to it. So, yes, it, it is. And honestly, like I have people that, I have as like Zaya affiliates that like don't have any desire in being a rep and they don't want to host parties, but they want to shop and share the product. So we set up, I basically set up like the equivalent of an affiliate link for them as their shopping link. That was a very helpful overview of how everything works. I think the last missing, like trying to put it all together in my head, you sign up, you have your website that you can send people to, to make purchases. And then how do you get paid? Is it direct deposit into your account every month or like, how does that work? Yep. Um, again, every company is going to be a little different, but most of the companies I've worked with have always just been a, a direct deposit into, into the account. I think some of the um, people who are against uh, direct sales or MLM, part of it is they feel that they're, and it's not even necessarily just against this business model, but they almost feel like selling anything to your clients where you might make a profit, whether it be supplements, anything you're an affiliate for, or direct sales. Mm -hmm. They feel that there is an ethical issue um, with making a recommendation to someone one-on-one -on -one and profiting from it. Can you speak to that? You know, I think at the end of the day, when the question is from an ethical standpoint, like, is it okay to be offering these products to the clients? Number one, it's up to you as the practitioner to determine like, how is this going to fit into your business model? Do you feel comfortable adding it into your business model? And how is it that you feel that it could be beneficial? I mean, People complain about direct sales, but then they'll do things like have full scripts on their website, have a full script thing on their website, which is quite frankly, it's the same thing. You're a, you're, um, a conduit for, 
um, Fullscript, or uh, I know there's another supplement company out there um, where people are buying supplements from you and you're getting a commission off of that. Um, so I think as a dietitian, it has to be like, well, what value does that offer to my clientele? Or do I have a clientele that I see frequently that is constantly deficient in a particular nutrient that I feel would be beneficial from it? And this, and this is like kind of a, a bigger question, but it's like at the end of the day, it's kind of like, yeah, there's ethics. And then there's also like making a living at the same time. Um, so how can you do it? Like I know with like the food company, I used to encourage girls on my team to be like, why don't you create packages in your practice where it's like when they sign up for whatever package, like automatically they're getting like a meal prep kit or something where it's not, you're not selling it to them. That's just something that they're getting more as an added value from working with you. But at the end of the day, it has to be products that you, it has to be something you believe in and has a reason. And it, it logically fits into your business. It's kind of really up to the practitioner, um, how they want to fit in or do they want to keep it a separation of church and state? where it's, I do my dietitian business here and my direct sales business is something completely separate. Obviously disclosure, anytime you're profiting off of anything that you are promoting to anyone, whether they're a one-on-one client or just some random person on the internet, it's like not everyone who's familiar with selling online is aware that you have to disclose that you have a financial relationship, but you do. And that really helps clarify everything. And the goal is to be 100% transparent if you have any sort of financial relationship, whether you're writing a blog post featuring a product that you got for free, whether you are um, getting paid to write a sponsored post, whether you are recommending a supplement through Fullscript and you could potentially get a cut of the sale if they order through your profile, all of that. There's actual, I can link to it in the show notes of this podcast, but there's actual guidelines from the FTC on how to disclose properly. Um, There's even guidelines from A&D on how to recommend supplements ethically. So, you know, it's not like they're saying that we can never recommend supplements. Like that's definitely not the case, but you have to be clear and disclose. I know other industries like my um, husband's in real estate and anytime they're making a recommendation, even when they're not profiting from it, they're required to give more than one recommendation. So that's another way, like, you know, this, <laughs> these are the three options. I am not pushing you into any of them. They're all great. You pick, you know what I mean? Right. I also think it's different when you're working with someone one-on-one as like a healthcare provider and you're taking insurance and all that. That's a very different business model than being a blogger online and just having an audience that you're never really meeting with or connecting with one-on-one. I think ethically and legally even, those are very different things. So, and I do believe, um, I've only briefly looked into it, but some states have different laws around the legality of profiting off of recommendations within the healthcare system um, with doctors. And I mean, you probably know about that more than I would from your past history, (laughs) but um, I know it's a thing. So wherever you are, I'm sure you could read more uh, for the guidelines for your specific state as well. Um, And also too, like, at least like from like a direct sales standpoint, number one, there's like the direct sales association, which is just the larger kind of like governing body of the direct sales companies. So it kind of like helps to also keep that in check with a lot of legalities. And then obviously the main company is going to have a lot of that, that those legalities worked out as well. One of the biggest um, th- things when I went into direct sales that I didn't know I was going to be um, really growing was going to be my sales skills. And I see from dietitians all the time, dietitians hate talking about sales, but guess what? A client calls you up and they're thinking about working with you. Like you're having a sales call, whether or not you think about it, it's a sales call of how are you going to present your work, your business that you're doing, and then learning how to 
close it. But then it's also, you know, all the skills that go along with the whole sales funnel of bringing people into your funnel, having those interactions, having those follow-ups with them. And the follow-up thing is, is a big thing that we learned how to get very, very comfortable with. And then, you know, how do you keep that relationship going so that you have them coming back to you to, you know, whether it's seeing you as a dietitian or shopping from you, whatever it is. So I think it's learning how to be more comfortable with, with sales and being quite frankly, comfortable around strangers too. I mean, I've picked up the phone and I've called people that I've randomly met at, you know, events or coffee shops or whatever that said they, that they really like something. And I, you know, exchange numbers and would call them up or message, Facebook message them or something. Um, you learn how to get really, really comfortable really quickly. Otherwise you're not going to do well. Yeah. Do you have any tips on selling in a way that isn't quote unquote spammy? Cause I do feel like that is the other thing that gets thrown around a lot. Like, Oh, it's like, Hey, message me for coffee. And then it's like secretly a sales pitch to join my, <laughs> my company or whatever. Like, trust me, I've, I've been, and like people know, I mean, like, I can't tell you how many times I, like people already know I'm a direct sales company and they'll like reach out to me. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to join your company. Um, okay. So I think well, number one, the first thing I want to just kind of circle back around to, and, um, maybe we brought it up a little bit, but kind of why dietitians are so hesitant about direct sales. And the first thing you brought up was about the whole ethical thing. But I think the other thing is just the overall perception or misperception. I think, again, a lot of it is because we're as dietitians approached by a lot of people who work in nutrition and wellness based companies. And, you know, yeah, I don't agree with a lot of the products out there. Trust me. I've I have, and I have dear, dear, dear friends who work for a lot of companies that I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't buy your product. It is kind of crappy. And I have no problem talk, telling to someone too, like, cause they always ask my opinion. I'm like, okay, let me look at this. Okay. Who's spending $90 on this like crappy protein powder. And I will tell them very straight up. Um, so we see like, yeah, like not all the products out there are necessarily something that we as healthcare practitioners are going to recommend. Um, so we are like, oh, these products are crappy and they're, they're really dangerous. And like non-healthcare professionals are out there selling it, but non-healthcare professionals out there selling it, but they're making more money than me. Like, how dare they? Like, what's the, where's the disconnect there? So then it's like, well, what qualifies somebody to sell your product when like you're the qualified healthcare professional? So then it comes down to, well, what's the product that you find out there that you believe in that you can feel that you connect with and you feel comfortable um, putting it out there. I think the way that you said, asked about, you know, how do you put it out there without feeling spammy? Be authentic and be you. Like no one would be surprised. No one was surprised when I was like, hey, I'm repping an athletic wear company. They're like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Of course you would be repping an athletic wear company. Whereas like I've had friends who like have terrible skincare routines and all of a sudden they're selling like skincare brands. I'm like, wait, I'm sorry, you're doing what? Like, yeah, something I do. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't even make sense. So again, it has to be something that like, it's going to be authentic. Otherwise, like, again, you just look like a salesperson. In terms of being an RD, do you think there are, I know we talked about how maybe we're lacking sales skills, <laughs> but is there anything that we bring to the table as an RD that could help us um, in this industry? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you bring, you bring credibility, which actually does give you a little bit of a, of a leg up in that standpoint and can increase your trust factor a little bit. So again, like when I sold with a food company, everyone's like, oh, like I'm listening to the dietitian because she must know what she's talking about if she's if she's promoting this product. So there are definitely opportunities where the credential actually can work in your favor. Also, quite frankly, 
I brought a lot of clientele in that I never would have met otherwise um, if I hadn't been just out there in a completely different kind of field and industry to meet other people that eventually would come on to be clients. And that's a really good lead in again, back to what you were saying with being authentic, because you have your credential to give you more credibility, but then it's so, 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 so important to not take advantage of that and promote things that you don't really believe in. Um, But thankfully, as the RD, like you were mentioning, we have the critical thinking skills to critically evaluate a product and decide whether we want to put our name and our brand on the line behind it. Exactly. And again, like that's where it all stems down to is that it has to be a product that you can feel good about promoting and supporting. And it's something that you feel has a benefit in some way to people. So like, you know, anything you put out there, whether it's as a, you know, as a dietitian, whatever service that you put out there, it's all about problem solving. It's all about helping somebody solve a problem, whether it's digestive health issues, weight loss, um, whatever it is, like you have a service out there, even, you know, like you, with a lot of the stuff you do with like teaching people like SEO skills and whatever, it's like, okay, there's a problem out there. I have a solution for it. If you want to take it cool, if not, like I'm not offended. I'm just letting you know your options. Attractive marketing um, versus like forcing yourself onto other people. And like, so the difference would be creating content or putting yourself out there in an authentic way, showcasing what you have to offer, whether it's your own product, an affiliate, that's something you're an affiliate for, something you're in direct sales for, but being authentic and showing the value and providing value to your followers. Um, and then they'll, some percentage of them will naturally buy. But in contrast is like kind of keeping to yourself a little bit and um, kind of venturing out only to be like direct messaging someone who you saw post a question in a Facebook group. And like that feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a fine line between being a creeper and being someone who's like, Hey, like I actually have something that like, maybe you want to think about doing it Um, versus like, Hey, I saw your dietitian. Do you want to sell leggings? Even in my own group. It doesn't happen super often, but I've gotten messages from people being like, so-and-so has been spamming me. Like, this is an issue. It's happened multiple times and they won't stop. And I've had to kick people out of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, healthcare professionals. So <laughs> it happens. And it's, yeah, I get, I understand people. I mean, I've made my own marketing mistakes in the past that I'm sure felt extremely gross and disgusting yeah. <laughs> to people at the time. Because sometimes you're, when you're not experienced, you are selling from a bit more of a place of almost desperation instead of, oh my gosh, like I have so much value to provide. It's insane. And like, you can't stop talking about it because you're so excited. Right. And then people naturally come to you and ask you about it. And that's the ideal. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's like, what is it that you're putting out there that you have for somebody that that's going to be beneficial for them. Or like I always used to say, I teach people this still, but when we worked in advertising, we always talked about the whiff on the what's in it for me. Um, and it's not what's in it for like me, Mandy, it's what's in it for me as the potential client um, for it. So um, yeah. And like, same thing. I, I mean, I have people in the area who just go online, simply Google like dietitians and I get phone calls and like, Hey, do you want to sell like blah, blah, weird ass product? I'm like, no. But can I just, no, I already know about your product. No. Is it something like, do they tell you to do that? I mean, I'm sure again, it varies from company to company, but why is that a thing? Like, why do people think that's how you sell? We are actually like at Zaya, we are highly discouraged from like just cold calling people because they know it's gross and like people don't like it and they're automatically going to put their defense systems up. 
and want to hear nothing about it, which is why it is something that when it grows organically from starting off by telling your friends and your family about something, and then they get a chance to try it, and then they tell their friends and other people about it. And again, it's like going down that whole trust line that there's a more, again, I, I keep bringing back the word authenticity to it. Um, but that really is the, the important thing is that like, it's just people are being authentic and sincere, sharing something that they like um, about it. And like, you know, I've had to, I, you know, for me, I've, I've taken more approaches where it's like, I've reached out to like yoga studios and be like, Hey, like, um, and I'm, I'm never like, Hey, you're a yoga studio. Do you want to sell leggings? It's like, Hey, can I come and do, um, you know, a, a little pop-up event on a Saturday afternoon after like whatever your busiest class is. So again, it's like, I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm just out there sharing it for them. And if they decide that it's something that they want to, you know, become a part of cool. If not, then at least like it gave me an opportunity to get in front of them and I wasn't creepy or weird or any way. Um, you know, again, it's just putting out there in, in a, in a smart, authentic way rather than just being like, you want to buy my product. That's what my personal opinion is on this whole entire topic. Like when people are like, oh, it's a scam, it's super spammy or blah, blah, blah. Like anything can be like that. Like even like any regular thing that you're selling can take on that type of vibe. So I don't, I don't think it's anything specific to selling a direct sales product. Right. Okay. So specific strategies that we've covered so far for being successful in the industry, obviously being authentic. is a big one, probably the biggest yeah. one, which to be quite honest, is probably the biggest thing in all sales <laughs> of any kind. Um, and then the second one was when you're first getting started, maybe host something in person with people, you know, how do you get, how do you even do that without being spammy though? Like, how do you be, <laughs> how do you invite people to like basically a sales meeting without it? them feeling pressured or something like that. Well, you know, it's, and again, it's kind of like, Hey, like, you know what? I love athletic wear. I have a bunch of yogi friends, like, and other teachers I work with. I'm like, do you guys want to come over? Like y'all like Lululemon, you like athletic, like, why don't you come over and like, check out this new brand I'm repping. It would just be fun. It's a fun way to get together. If you buy anything cool, if not, like, I'm not going to be offended. Um, and just putting it out there. So being upfront, yeah. <laughs> basically, you know, like you were saying, being honest. Yeah, and being upfront, being like, yeah. you know what, just come over. And like, honestly, like, it's just an excuse to get people over. <laughs> like, sometimes it's it's not even about the sales, but it's like, I just want to have people over. And if you want to come shop some clothes, cool. Like, you know, it's, it is what it is. And, um, you know, putting, putting it out there. Um, I can also tell you some ways that you can do, you can not do well in this business. And I will share that from personal experience as well. <laughs> Yeah, dive right in right now. Um, so, you know, again, a lot of learnings I had from my very first direct sales companies. Number one, and I will be very upfront, I was very embarrassed when I started with my first direct sales company because I knew the perception that colleagues had. So, you know what? I didn't go out there and was like, hey, guess what? I'm doing blah, blah, blah right now. Like, I was like, hey, um, like, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to come check it out? Like it was like super like DL weird. Like I was like DMing people because I was like, I was really, really embarrassed about it. And I was like, I like, are people gonna like not have respect for me because I'm like doing one of those companies and I've gone to the to the dark side? Did you experience any of that? No. No. Again, th these are stories that we tell ourselves in our head because we know the perception. We know the perception we have. Like again, I was definitely one of those people. I was like, that's fucking stupid. I'm not doing one of those companies. Um so yeah, I mean, we all have the, you know, perception of it. And then it's kind of like, 
oh, oh, am I hypocritical? Cause like now I'm, now I'm, now I'm, now I'm doing it. Now I'm trying it. Um, so I was like, I'm, I'm going to do things my own way. Um, and I will tell you this up front: The best way to fail in direct sales company is to not take the system, the tried and true approaches that have worked for the very successful people in the company. If you fight the system and do everything exactly opposite, you will fail. Maybe you're the unicorn out there that can find a way to, to take a different approach to it. And if you do it in a good way, in a smart way, more power to you. But for the most part, you will, you will fail because you're number one, you're making the job harder on yourself. Um, again, like the whole, you know, this, you know, system and team that you're in, it's not just about like, cool, you're on my team. Good luck. Make some money. I want to make money off you. It's like, it's growing and developing your team. So it's having what we call like, you know, systems in place and making it easy and simple and do applicable. So you can take the system and share it just like scaling a business. Whereas you have your systems in place and as new people come on board, it's just making it simple so that they can, they can jump into it and they can be successful and you have all the systems in place for them to come into it and do it. If you come in with the attitude of, I'm not doing that, I'm going to figure out my own way and my approach. It's basically like coming to your own business and figuring out how many times you have to trip and fall until you have to like change the way that you're walking so that you can stop tripping and falling. Did you learn skills that would apply to other avenues of your business? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. I mean, the sales and the follow-up um, approaches for all of that, learning how to collect customer information, feeling comfortable reaching out to strangers that you met at events. Like, like you said, you like, you would do things like yoga studios and it's like, great. I have this contact list. What do I do with them? Um, and there's definitely difference versus putting them out in the generic email versus putting out a personal phone call or a personal text and be like, Hey, it was great meeting you at this event. Any questions? Let me know what I can do to help you um, with it. Um, so yeah, definitely like the sales, the follow-up, um, being comfortable with reaching out to, to strangers are probably some of the, some of the bigger things. Um, I think the whole concept of like getting, how to get systems in place. I mean, I've even learned like all these other, like, you know, scheduling programs and systems that are, that are out there that I'm like, Oh, I like that. I'm going to apply that to like what I'm, what I'm doing in my other work. <laughs> How much do people usually earn? Like maybe when they're starting out, what could they earn? Like bigger picture, everything goes amazingly. Like, can you give us some, some examples maybe? Um, I mean, I, I will definitely say, I mean, number one, it's going to depend on the product that you're selling and you know, what's the volume, what's the turnover for it. Um, like, again, like my first company was a food company. So it's like, you know, you're selling like eight to $10 products at a time. So, you know, the average sale for that was like 50 bucks. Like now it's like I, I sell a, a higher price point item where it's like now average sales are like $125. So like number one, like percentage wise, you're going to make more doing the exact same amount of work. I'm not doing any more work than I was doing before. Actually, I think I'm doing less work than I think I was doing before. But, you know, having that price point. Um, and also too, and, and this is something, it's actually something interesting is like when we think about you know, what you want to be selling. And I was like, oh, consumable products, only consumable products. And then I was like, no, I guess people consume athletic wear pretty quickly too. <laughs> Again, at the end of the day, we always say you have unlimited earning potential. It's basically, if you're going to do the work, you're going to earn something. If you're not going to do anything and you think that you're just going to rely on your team, that is a surefire um, approach to failure because number one, not everyone on your team is going to do the work. And if you're not modeling how to do the work and making it look easy and not overly complicated. Um, they're not going to want to do it. Um, at the end of the day, you are the only thing that's going to hold you back from making whatever it is that you want to do. And that's, that's, 
the net net. Um, I mean, yes, you'll see the people on the, on the brochures and the website that's like, I make six figures. And like, yeah, those, those people are out there. Trust me. And like, we, we heard stories at one of the last conferences I was at in March, right before the world changed. And I mean, like, you know, like the numbers that people that they shared with like what people were, were making was like pretty, pretty ridiculous. And like, as you start to get into it, you can see like the potential you're like, okay, I can see how that could, I can see how that could happen. And what's like, quote unquote, good for some, one person is totally different from what's good or worth it to the other person. Some people are like a hundred bucks a month extra. Like that's amazing. You know? Yeah. And for some people it's like, well, what does some money mean? Is it, do you want to make an extra 50 to hundred bucks a month? Sure. Um, do you want to make a couple extra thousand bucks a month? That, that is probably a little bit enticing to people. And, and I think again, if you can authentically be like, yeah, like, you know, I've made anywhere from a couple hundred, a couple extra hundred bucks a month, a couple extra thousand bucks a month and putting it out there. But again, like, I don't, I don't necessarily try to make it about the money because like, again, I, I don't want to over promise that like, yeah, you're, you know, all your financial troubles will be wiped away if you just do this because I mean it's still it's work at the end of the day like you don't just sit back and collect a paycheck do you think there's a certain type of person that this is best suited for like maybe an extrovert versus an introvert people with lots of friends people you know like is there some sort of way to tell whether it might be a good fit for you I've met so many people I've met incredibly outgoing people I have met incredibly introverted people um, that do it. And it's just, they all find ways that work best for them. Like, you know, we have a couple of girls on my team that are super introverted there, but they do really well. They, they, they figured out like how to have great, um, online and Facebook based events where they don't necessarily like have to be out there and, and be in front of people all the time. And it works well for them and, and they like it. Um, I don't think you have to be successful to have like a lot of friends. And I always, you know, we often joke too, that I always felt I was at a disadvantage um, because there, there's a lot of moms in, in this business. A lot of moms go into direct sales, mostly because they want more time to be home with their families. Um, that's one of the biggest reasons that you tend to hear of why people kind of get into direct sales. Um, I don't have kids. So I was like, well, great. Like that sets me at such a, such a disadvantage because I don't have all these moms and classrooms and birthday parties and sporting events where I could be out talking to people, talking to moms, all these events. Um, and sometimes I used to be like, Oh, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage because of that. But again, it's like, all right, well, where's my, what's my advantage? Okay. I have networks of dietitians. I have networks of fitness professionals. So it's kind of figuring out how to tap into what resources you do have. And the other thing too, when I joined my very first direct sales company, that's actually when I realized how much I needed to expand my network. And that's how I got into like doing all this networking was because I was like, "Uh Oh, I got to find more people out there. So it actually pushed me out of my comfort zone to have to get out and meet new people and network with them. And I couldn't just keep relying on my own network of people. Do you think in some sort of weird roundabout way, it's almost like a baby step into sales because I don't know, I think some people when it's their own thing, they get really in their head about it and it's harder to sell because it's something you made and that you don't have anyone vouching for it. Whereas like if it's a product that other people use and love and it's not technically yours, is it maybe a little easier to, to get into selling something else? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Because again, and it's also too, it's like you have all these resources at hand that you didn't have to waste time making. It's like, I didn't have to build a whole e-commerce website to be able to like sell products on it. And I didn't have to develop, you know, email, you know, marketing lists and newsletters and all that stuff. Like the company already does that for me. I don't have to worry about that. They make the products. I don't have to sit there and go through like books and pick out like what items I specifically want to be selling for people. Like that's someone else do that, that work for me. So yeah, it's definitely, it's a, I think it's a great, great footstep into entrepreneurship because, and this is why so many people get into direct sales is because it has, it's a low overhead cost to entrepreneurship. You're spending anywhere. My first starter kit I ever bought for a company was 50 bucks. Um, so you're starting anywhere from, let's say 50 bucks to maybe a couple hundred bucks. If it's a couple of thousand dollars, I will say that's probably a red flag that you, it needs to be something you really, really believe in. But again, it's like, you don't have to have, you don't have to have a storefront. You don't have to, you know, figure out a lot of these things that as a new business owner, you, you have to figure out, right. Think about you're a dietitian, you're starting a new practice, right? You're looking for, if you want to do on, if you want to do in-person, you're looking for space if, or online, you're figuring out what's the best EMR that's out there. Now you're trying to, you know, all these upfront investments that you're putting into it that you don't have to worry about in direct sales. And that's awesome. Well, one of the criticisms that this business model sometimes gets is the fact that you have to quote unquote, like buy in from the beginning financially. And so I've heard people say like, it can feel predatory sometimes when people promise these big things, but you know, maybe the incentive behind it is to get money from the person buying in under them. However, any type of business that you want to start, it costs money. There's no free lunch. You know what I mean? So like, it's up to you as the person to decide what's best for you. Exactly. At the end of the day too, I mean, direct sales, quite frankly, is a very low risk model. If you buy in, you buy your one starter kit and you buy it and you decide that you hate it, you don't want to do it. Okay. Like you're at a couple hundred bucks. Okay, maybe that sucks, but it, it is what it is. Even if you want to freaking start a website, it's going to be like over the year, it's going to be a couple hundred bucks. Like it's, yeah, I know when you're really, really hard up for cash, that can feel like a lot. And it may be depend, depending on what financial situation you're in, but all businesses require an investment. They just do. Exactly. And then you really, the, the three biggest reasons people come into direct sales, number one, the majority of people come into it because they just want a discount on the product. That is the number one reason that they, that they join onto it. They're like, Oh, I can sign on. I can get a discount. No brainer. And then, yeah, sometimes some people want to make an income and other people want some form of flexibility. So, you know, again, none of those are necessarily like, Hey, I'm going to be making millions of dollars. It's usually starts out because I want 25% off on my, on my facial wash. The other very interesting thing about direct sales too, is that um, millennials are actually the largest age group that do direct sales. And I think a lot of it is because social media has become so popular and, you know, they found ways that to tap into their large social media networks. Um, the more desire to have non-traditional jobs, definitely uh, a very millennial. Um, and I think that they have a tendency to be a lot more open to it, partially because more millennials have been in more of like a part of it, like an e-commerce type of a environment. Whereas like, you know, I'm dealing with more people I know where it's like, you know, we grew up with like going to malls, going to stores, you bought things from um, a credible retailer. Whereas now, like, again, most millennials are, have always, you know, used to buying things online and buying things from strangers, apparently. Um, so there's less uh, hesitation there. 
and income diversity, I think is another good, you know, it's never a bad idea to add another income stream if, if you can manage it. Well, and, and that's the other thing too, is that again, from a generational standpoint where it's like, you know, the, you know, of whatever you want to call it, baby, uh, let's say up to like baby boomers, um, where it's like, okay, you went to X job out of whatever high school, maybe college, and you did that up until retirement and the story. And that's all you did where it's like, now it's like, okay, you don't, but there's no such thing as job security. It's definitely good to diversify your portfolio. And again, like even as dietitians, we talk all the time about having different income streams in because you can't just be relying on just your private practice or just your clinical income that you're making. Um, so finding different ways that you can earn incomes. And just for people listening out there, other ways like some of my income streams, you can make money from ads on your website. You can make money in a very similar fashion through affiliate links, which is quite similar now that we've been talking about this, where you recommend someone else's product and you get a commission. You can sell digital goods. You can sell courses. You can sell services. You can do consulting. Like you could do speaking. You could do writing. Like, and a lot of dietitians today do a handful of those things. And they like that because God forbid, like a Google algorithm update comes out and all your organic search traffic is gone and your ad revenue income stream goes down, but you still have all your public speaking over here that wasn't impacted at all. So um, different sources and of revenue may be impacted differently. So it's always a good idea to not put all your eggs in one basket in my opinion. I a hundred percent agree. And especially let's, you know, we're recording this now during like the whole COVID-19 pandemic. God bless my Zaya business. I mean, my, my regular dietitian work did not actually, it didn't, even not even get impacted. We actually, our business has boomed as a result of it, but I'm also glad I had my Zaya business too, because number one, it gave me something else to put some focus on. Um, so I didn't go insane while I'm quarantined, but it was like, Oh, everyone's home and everyone's wearing comfortable clothes right now. So, you know, we've had an opportunity for, for business to grow there as well. So I, I'm very, very fortunate that my you know drug sales business was something I could have to not even just fall back on, but as just supplemental income. And people want to support the people they love. So if someone in your personal sphere knows that you sell a product that they were going to buy anyway, I know this is true with affiliate income. People actually actively reach out to me and they're say, they say, hey, I'm about to buy this thing. Can you send me your affiliate link? Because I want to make sure you get a commission. Like I'm not even asking. And they're like actively searching for me. So I feel like it's probably similar where someone's like, oh, shoot, I need new leggings. I'm going to call Mandy. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, and I will say like affiliates and direct sales are very, very, very similar in that respect. It's just, you're, you're putting something out there that you've used and you've tried and you feel comfortable putting your name behind recommending it. That's all the same thing. Now that we're kind of heading to the end of this interview, are there any last pieces of wisdom or advice that you'd like to sh pass on to anyone who might be thinking they're interested in direct sales? Again, you've heard us talk a lot today about the word authenticity and it's, you know, what is something that you generally get excited about? Whether it's something that you just want to get a discount on or it is something that you want to share with other people. I do say what is the, what's involved with getting started and what is the upfront investment for it? I mean, if you're, again, if you have to put out thousands of dollars, I would really, you know, just assess and, and find out like really what's the potential for it. What is your income and growth potential? So really learning about the compensation plan that's involved with it. What's involved with um, getting promoted? What's involved with getting to the next level? Like, is it, 
impossible? Like what's the rate that people get promoted? Do a lot of people promote very quickly? Um, so that's a lot of, of what you want to look into. And like, again, like what's involved with how I, not just me making money, but like, again, like, okay, well, what's the percentage then that you make off of other people? What's the training that's involved? Like, do they have training in place or are you just figuring it all out for yourself? Reputation of the company comes into it. Um, yeah, the efficacy and safety of the product. So determining is this a product that you feel comfortable recommending to people? Are you required to carry any type of inventory? If you have to require, have to have inventory on hand, again, it depends on how you think that you're going to be able to best like unload it. Like again, like Isaiah, where everything's online. Um, our inventory changes over too quickly. So it's just like everything just has to be online and just you direct people to the website. Um, again, a lot of the companies that have these like, okay, you have to buy like the spring pod fashion line. And now it's up to you to have to like sell that off. You don't want to be doing that. Well, thank you. Oh my gosh. That was so much helpful information. I definitely learned a lot and thank you for being so open and allowing me to ask like those weird questions about the misconceptions and the things that people always say that are against uh, direct marketing and stuff like that. I get where everyone's coming from. I get, I understand both sides of the spectrum. So where should people go if they want to connect more with you and maybe even learn more about what the company that you work with, Zaya? That, that's what it was called, right? Yeah, Zaya. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, Instagram is probably one of the best places to find me. So um, I have a special Instagram just for my Zaya business, which is um, Zaya Jersey Girl. So I can even send that to you because there's like underscores involved because I like help things show up. Um, so I will put that in the show notes for everyone listening. Awesome. Yeah. So you can find me at uh, Zaya Jersey girl. You can find me on Facebook. I have a private VIP group where I share um, every Wednesday Zaya releases new products, which is a very exciting part of our business. Um, so I share our new releases every week in the VIP group. I run special promotions, discounts, um, so you can find it there. And actually, if you go to my Instagram, um, you'll, you can get a link to my Facebook VIP, but you can always look for Zaya Active with Mandy Enright. Again, I will provide links to all of that to include in the show notes. Um, you can also find me um, in my professional dietitian world as just at Mandy Enright RD, just across the board, nice and easy. Um, and if you do want to check out what Zaya has to offer, you can head to our website. Uh, it's myzaya.com slash Mandy Enright. Cool. And I know you said that you have an opportunity for anyone listening. If they want to shop through your store, we have a special link. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you head to that store, you can shop on Mandy's page to look at all the products they have. And I think anyone who shops through that link um, is going to be entered to get a giveaway of some more swag. Also, I'm not affiliated with this. This is 100% something that Mandy is doing for you guys. Hope you have a great uh, rest of your night. Thank you. You too, Erica. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's episode. If you want to check the show notes and get links to anything we mention, just go to theunconventionalrd.com slash episode 030. And if this is your first time checking out this podcast, or if you have been listening, but you haven't yet joined our free Facebook community, definitely check it out. That's where I hang out the most. It's the Unconventional RD community on Facebook. It's a free Facebook group with nearly 9,000 people in it right now. So that's amazing. Can't wait to connect with you there. Please join. And otherwise, I'll see you guys next week.